Well, you heard Pastor Herbert just mention it. Today is Youth Takeover, and we are fired up. You probably have seen students in the lobbies greeting. We've got them on cameras, in the sound booth, backstage, on the stage, in the kids serving. I'm just so fired up for all of our students who said, you know what? I am going to make a difference no matter what grade I'm in. I'm going to do whatever it takes to serve and make a difference. Can we give our students, come on, I know we're clapping a lot, but we got a lot to clap about on this incredible Sunday. Well, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, my name is Bo Dore. I serve as the student pastor here at the Oklahoma City campus. And my family and I, my wife and I, Lauren, we've honoredly have served over the last four and a half years here at People's Church and over the last 16 years my family and I have been a part of youth ministry in some way shape or fashion. I've got my family here with me today. I want to introduce you to them. That's my lovely wife Lauren. We celebrate 14 years of marriage in just two weeks. That is She's my best friend. I love her. I love her. She's amazing. Uh, my wife and I, we went to youth group together as high school students. And so I just believe in the investment that happens in youth ministry. Uh, and then next to my wife is my oldest son, Maddox. And my daughter, Zoe, will remind you that he's only older by a minute. They are twins. Uh, and they, they'll turn 12 years old this Tuesday. And so we got some preteens in the house. And then to my right is uh, Julian, who is our middle child, and the, the guy bringing up the rear. The guy who brings all the laughter is Ames Allen. And then we got this little furry thing on my daughter's lap. His name is Winston. Uh, but that is the Dore crew. And, man, we are honored to serve as youth pastors, as a family. We do believe that ministry is done best as a family. And can I be honest with you here today? Um, youth ministry, uh, it, it can be rewarding at times. Sometimes it can be challenging. Uh, but at many times, it can be absolutely hilarious. I mean, we're working with young people, right? They're going through difficult stages. Their voices are changing. They got bumps on the face sometimes. Like, it, it, it's a difficult season. But it can be hilarious. I, I can remember uh, some years ago, I was a youth leader, uh, and we took students to a camp out of state uh, on the beach. And I remember, man, we had fun playing games. We were out on the beach, and uh, we, we had some powerful services at night. Man, God showed up and did some amazing, amazing things, just like he does every time at camp. I just love, love summer camp for our students. And this camp was no different. And, and I remember after camp was over, the final day, we're packing up and we're loading everything up, getting all the luggage loaded up into the trailer. And we're, we're piling into the 15-passenger van. And I remember sitting on the road that I was seated in and, and sitting next to this young man. I began to talk to him. And immediately as he began to talk, I noticed this odor, this smell that was inescapable. Uh, he was talking, and the more he talked, the more I smelt it. Uh, there's not very many places to escape in a 15-passenger van with 15 people in it. So I'm like, dude, this is a long ride home. We've got to figure something out right now. So I begin to rummage through my bag. I'm like, hopefully, God, please let me have a pack of gum, a pack of mints, something. My brother just needs just a little bit of help, Jesus. Come on. So I dig it through the bag, and I found it, y'all. I found a pack of gum. And so I shared it with the row so nobody was isolated. And, and I just begin to talk. Like After we're chewing the gum, I was like, yeah, man, you know, sometimes... 
packing bags and stuff. Your breath can start smelling. I'm like trying to get to the bottom of this. I was like, dude, what's going on here? And uh, my guy spoke up. He said, yeah, uh, when I was packing for camp, I forgot to pack my toothbrush. There we go. Got it. There it is. That's why we smell what we smell. And, uh, and we're sitting there in the row, and he looks over to another leader, and he says, uh, but it's okay. I just use his all week. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you used his all week? And he said, yeah, but he just packed this stuff too early this morning. I couldn't get a hold of it this morning, so my breath was smelling. Y'all, this kid went five days using another person's toothbrush. All he had to do was like, yo, uh, can we run to the CVS down the road? I just forgot it too. I would have gladly spent the $1.99. This man used another man's toothbrush for a week. That's funny right there, y'all. I don't care who you are. I'm just glad it wasn't my toothbrush. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but students, man, students can be hilarious. I, I love how in interacting and engaging with students can go from goofy to God real quick. You can have a moment, it's fun, and then all of a sudden, just in a state of vulnerability, they begin to describe their life, their situation, and how at camp, God did something significant. And man, can I tell you, that's why I signed up for youth ministry. That's why I love youth ministry, because students are so moldable. They're so shapeable. They're experiencing things they've never experienced before, but yet they're just so hungry for the things of God. And if you and I are honest here today, there's some that might say about this generation, I just don't understand them. Now they're, just, they're just a little bit different. And listen, I get it. I get it. Researchers will say about this generation that it's the most diverse generation ever to walk this planet. That, that with, when it's talking about this generation, that they would be considered digital natives. Listen, this generation, all they know is smartphones and social media. When I grew up, when, when many of you grew up, if you wanted to, to tell a friend, hey, connect with me later, you just did this number across the hall, right? Anybody here? This generation, they don't even do that. I, I want to prove it to you. I shot a video earlier this week of my two, my twins, um, giving us an illustration today. Why don't you check this video out? All right, hey, I want you to take your right hand and I want you to use it like it's a phone and you're answering the phone. Okay. Go ahead. That's yeah. your phone? Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is not a phone, people. Hey, like, are you waving or are you telling them to call you? Like, you cannot slam this phone if you're mad. Like, ah! You just, boop, I'm really mad, just hit, hitting the button. You can't get wrapped up in a cord with this kind of phone. It's different, man. It's different. The generations are different. They have different things. This generation is different. And the reality is, is that society has put labels and named every generation. We, we know generations like the baby boomers. We know generations like Generation X, the Millennials, and now we are seeing before our eyes grow up Generation Z. And I'm here today to remind you that the, the label is irrelevant because the need is the same. Every generation needs love. Every generation needs community. Every generation needs their purpose, and every generation needs something to put their hope and their trust 
and their faith in. And I believe here at People's Church, we believe that this generation has been marked for greatness. Come on, how many of you believe this generation has been marked for greatness? I believe that God has marked our young people with a divine purpose. They're not just different. They are destined by God and destined for greatness. They're not just different. They are created by God. They're not just different. They are created on purpose and for a purpose. I believe, I firmly believe that God wants to use this generation in the last days that we're living in to usher in a great end time harvest that we're going to see souls saved. We're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see miracles upon miracles. I believe that this generation is marked. I believe that God wants to use a different generation to draw people closer to him. God wants to use this generation. I believe that you and I, church family, we have a role to play in seeing this happen in our young people. We have a role. The, the Bible says in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, the Lord gives some clear directions for his people and what they, what they should believe and how, how we as, as people today should still follow. It says this in Deuteronomy 11 verse 1. You must love the Lord your God and always obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. He's giving us a roadmap here, a, a guide, if you will, to experience the blessings and the promises that God has for us, But he does not stop there. He continues to talk about how we need to teach our children what we have experienced and how we need to obey every command. And then he gives us some more details. Let's, let's look a little bit further down, starting in verse 18. It says, place these words on your heart. Get them deep inside you. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them where, wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning till you fall into bed at night. Inscribe them on the doorposts and gates of your city so that you'll live a long time and your children with you on the soil that God's promised to give your ancestors as long as there is a sky over the earth. God tells us that we need to imprint his word on our hearts and we need to pass it on. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, pass it on. Come on, somebody online, type, pass it on. We've got to pass it on. We don't need to not just experience the things of God, but we've got to pass it on to the next generation. Listen, I know there's a lot of differences between your generation and the generation coming up now. There may be some different hardships, but everybody here has experienced hardship. Everybody here has experienced failure. Everybody here has fallen short or missed the mark at some point in their life. But you have made it on the other side, so you have a story to tell of God's faithfulness. And what God's reminding us here today is that, is that if you've got a story to tell, then you've got a story to pass it on. Hey, listen, the same God that was faithful over there, he's been faithful right here. And he's going to be faithful moving forward. And God's saying, hey, I just want you to look to the right. Right and to the left and pass it on. He's talking to the children of Israel here and he's saying, hey, listen, 
You were once slave, and then God showed up and, and parted the Red Sea. You walked on dry ground. When you were thirsty, he struck the rock, and water began to flow. When you were hungry, he fed you. He provided manna from heaven, and it rained down. He wanted the generations to pass it along, because if we don't pass it along, how will they know? It is our responsibility to pass it on. I believe it's true for us today that we've got to pass it on. God wants us. God needs us. God needs parents to pass it on. God needs grandparents to pass it on. God needs aunts and uncles to pass it on. God needs young adult leaders to pass it on. He needs coaches, teachers, and anybody that has influence over the next generation to pass it on. He needs spiritual moms and dads that will step up and say, I'm not just going to pass it on for my blood. I'm going to pass it on for the house and for the generation. We've got to pass it on. Listen to me, church. There will be no next generation without a right now investment. We have got to pass it on. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, pass it on. We got to pass it on. And what I love about the, the things of God is that, is that he makes the things that we're most passionate about easiest to pass on. But we're so passionate about God, it should be easy to pass it on. Come on, you've seen it. You've driven through your neighborhoods driven through other people's neighborhoods, it's easy to see what people are marked by and what they're passionate about. If they're passionate about OU or Oklahoma State, you can see. If they're passionate about the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Dallas Cowgirl, I mean Cowboys, whatever, whatever, whatever they're passionate about, you'll see it. It's on the doorpost. It's a sign in the yard. They got a flag waving wide because we're passionate about what we've been marked by. And what you're marked by, you show, you put on display. And I believe that God wants us to know that this generation is marked. The sad reality is, is that this generation has been marked by the world. It, it, in some way, we've all been marked by the world and damaged by sin. Romans 3.23 so, tells us like this, for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. This generation has been marked by the world, the things they've experienced, the pain, the, the fear, the loneliness, the failure, the comparison, the depression, anxiety, the worry, the lust, the pride, the shame. They've been marked by this world. Did you know that, that two out of every five teenagers in the U.S. claim no religion? Did you know that one out of every four teenagers uh, report of having had a suicidal thought within the last three months? That one out of 14 teens say they attempted to take their own life? 56% of teenagers looked at pornography within the last three months. And the truth is, is that most of this generation's marking of the world is found on a screen. It's hidden. It's not out there for everyone to see. That's why this generation, when the screen breaks or the internet goes down, their life falls apart. Because most of their interaction is on a screen. Some have labeled this generation screen-agers. Because 94% of teens will look at videos every 
single day. Whether they're gaming or they're chatting, they're watching YouTube or they're scrolling on social media and and they're still trying to figure out all of the consequences, all of the, the, the things that will happen as a byproduct of this. But we know that depression is at an all-time high. We know that hopelessness is at an all-time high. We know that anxiety and loneliness. And there's so many things that we're not even aware of when it comes to this generation. We know that this generation has been marked by the world. But can I tell you here today that this church... This house, we are committed to seeing a generation that is marked by the word of God. They are marked by the promises that are in his word. They are marked by the purpose and the destiny and the calling. They're not just different. They're destined for greatness. They are marked. The mark of this world may be undeniable, but it does not have to be permanent. As moms and dads, we can change the story. As aunts and uncles, we can change the story. As grandparents, we can change the story. As friends and family members, we can change the story. We've got to pass on the goodness of God from generation to generation. As families and as spiritual moms and spiritual dads, we can change the story. We can show them that they can love God with all their hearts and follow his commands. We can commit ourselves to passing on God's blessing to the next generation. We can model the message of hope. It's like engraving it on the doorpost and letting them know that you are marked. We're not marked to conform. We are marked to be transformed. It's not just a label. It's transformation that goes with it. And we got to be committed to passing it on, committed to helping marked people being transformed by the saving power, by the Holy Spirit power that is only found in Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe it, you can give God a hand clap of praise. We've got to help them feel out that they have been marked by Jesus. At camp, we we saw so much transformation happen. So many stories of life change happen. I want to share a few with you. Uh, Jordan says, I was able to worship God confidently at camp. Evie said, I felt God answer prayers and I grew closer to him. Isaiah said, I really felt God's presence at camp. Faith said, I made new friends and was able to grow more in love with God. Justice says, I realize that depression won't be here forever, that I need to just trust in God. Dominic said, it was the best camp I've ever had, loving God and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for camp. Antoine says, this summer camp, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about God. I was talking to a young man this Wednesday night. Oh, come on. We, yeah, we can, we can thank God. I was talking to a young man this Wednesday night, the last night of camp, and he shared with me some of his story. He said, I made a pretty bad mistake last week. I felt bad. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I disappointed my parents. I disappointed myself. But most importantly, it was a sin against God. He said, I got caught up in the wrong friends because I was prioritizing other things like a job instead of coming to Epic every Wednesday night. Tonight at the altars, I asked God to forgive me, and he did. Also, I, I talked to a leader, and he encouraged me to talk to my boss about not working on Wednesday night so I can be at Epic every Wednesday. And I, I leaned over. I said, man, I'm so proud of you, dude. I just asked him, I said, what, what was your favorite moment at camp? 
and he said, worshiping God with all the other students. I want, I want you to check, take a look at this photo. This is a generation that is marked by the things of God. Listen, they might be different, but boy, they are hungry for the things of God. And this is what it's all about, church. It's all about this. It's all about, despite the stories, despite the statistics, despite the trouble they're facing, there is more to the story, and God is not done. We've got to pass it on from generation to generation. Number two today, this generation is marked by God. This generation has been marked by God. Paul writes about a new identity in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. He says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He's saying we are marked to live a righteous and holy life. God is calling this generation back to holiness. In a culture of tolerance, we need a church to rise up and say we will stand for holiness. We will be about getting people to a place where they experience Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. They get the purpose. They get the passion. They get the destiny. They get the promises. All those things come with Jesus because we are a house that is committed to holiness. Holiness means to live set apart for God. We are marked by God to live set apart. Paul introduces himself to the church in Rome, and he says this in Romans 1.1. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. You are marked, which means you are created in his image. My son Maddox will get this oftentimes. He'll get this, you look just like your daddy. You know why? Because he's got the same DNA as his daddy. Can I tell you this? That this generation looks like God because they have been created by God. They have been marked by Jesus. And we need to, as a church, continue to help them to develop and grow in the standards and the characteristics that God has put in them. Because they have been created by God. They are made in his image. The world can try to hijack their identity, but they cannot hijack the mark of God on their lives. They are forever marked by their creator. And we as families, we as spiritual moms, we as spiritual dads, we as spiritual family members, we have got to declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are marked by his grace. We are marked by his forgiveness. We are marked by his love. We are marked by revival. Just like it says in Acts chapter 2, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That is the mark that God has placed on this generation. And if I, I believe that God wants to move mightily and he wants to use a people. He wants to use a church that is committed to passing it on. We got to pass it on. I love how in John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. We are his children. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every gift, every talent, every ability is just a sign that we have been marked by the creator. We have been marked for a purpose 
on purpose. What would happen? What would happen if a generation realized that their gifting is not for worldly success or man's applause, but for kingdom purposes, for the glory of God? What if they sang for him? What if they played for him? What if they wrote for him? What if they rapped for him? What if they danced for him? What if they looked at every talent, every gift, every ability and woke up in the morning and said, God, use my gift in whatever way you see possible so I can bring people closer to you. They're different, but boy, they are destined for greatness. They may look at a phone like this, and we may look at it like this, but we serve the same God. And that same God, same power lives in them, and he wants to see them do it. He wants to see them live out the greatness that God has placed in them because they're marked by God. I love seeing all of our students on display today. I love seeing them on the worship team. I love seeing them behind scenes serving and kids in different areas. I love seeing that they've noticed that they're marked by God. And they're all in for Jesus. This world needs a marked generation. This world needs a marked generation full of radical followers of Jesus. Full of young people reading their word, engaged in worship, spirit-empowered, Jesus-focused, living on purpose for his purpose. We need that kind of generation. And it takes a generation that is committed to passing it on and getting it into the young people. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is depositing, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are, are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Students, students here every day, they see every day how they're marked by the world at school, in practices, jobs. You can't escape it. it. It's around. It's everywhere in media. That's why we're committed to every Wednesday night having a place where they can come in. Wednesday night's epic youth ministry at 7 p.m. ends at 8.15 they come and they hear how they're marked by God, how they have a purpose, how God wants to use them right where they are, how God wants to turn whatever story they have into his glory. God wants to use and move in and through our students. We're reminding them that they're marked for greatness. We're reminding them that they are marked by God. Listen, the future of the next generation is our responsibility, church. We've got to take a hold of it. We've got to not just keep it to ourselves, but we've got to pass it on to the next generation. Psalm 78, 4 through 7 says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. Verse 7, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. We've got to tell them. We got to tell them that God is faithful. We got to tell them 
hey, listen, I know it's hard right now. I know your friends are limited because you made a decision to follow Jesus. We got to encourage them. God is faithful. Stay committed. Don't quit. Don't give up. We've got to let them know. You got you to be, we got to sometimes, we got to get vulnerable enough to share our hurts so that people can see that God is victorious through our struggles. We got, we got to share it. Listen, God's been faithful. You have a story. God wants you to share your story. God wants you to pass on the faithfulness. We've got to tell the next generation. Psalm 145.4 says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. We all have a part to play. I'm so grateful for each and every one of our adult leaders that serve faithfully every Wednesday night. I want to share with you one of our leaders named Tony Simon. Every year, Tony takes vacation time off of work to be a part of summer camp. He and his wife, they give generously above their tithe so they can scholarship multiple students that could go to camp. He serves faithfully every Wednesday. He helps students take next steps in being water baptized. On several occasions, he has picked up students when they didn't have a ride on Wednesday nights. He, he goes to students' games on the weeknights. He looks for games on the weekends. Why? Because he wants to invest in the next generation. I love leaders like Tony. We've got so many of them who are committed to the investment. I want to show this picture of Tony right here. This is Tony in the red shirt up front at camp worshiping, showing young men this is what it's like to worship God. This is what it's like to be a man of integrity. This is what it's like to be a man who's not perfect but chasing after the things of God. I'm so thankful for leaders who are saying, I will play my part in telling the next generation. And listen to me, church. There's so many people like Tony that are saying, I want to play a part in helping them know that they have been marked. We all play a part. I want to share with you a couple of ways that we can play a part as a church. Number one, make Wednesday night at Epic a priority for your students. Make Sunday morning a priority for your family. Church has to be a priority. It has to be a priority for your students, for your grandkids, for your nieces, for your nephews, for your family, for your neighborhood. Look, look at this promise of God in Psalm 92.13. Planted in the house of the Lord, and they will, will, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That is a promise from the word of God. Keep your kids and your family planted in the house of God. Number two, consider serving. Consider serving on the Epic team or in the PC Kids team. Be like Tony and say, I want to make a difference in the next generation. If you want to be a part of changing the next generation, serve the next generation. Listen, we celebrate all that God has done, and he's done a lot. He's done a remarkable amount of things, and he continues to do. But we are not satisfied with students who are far from Jesus. We're not satisfied with people who don't know him. We need more workers. We, meet, we need more laborers who are going to be like Tony and say, I will do whatever it takes to reach students. We've got to tell the next generation. Number three, you can pray for our students. They are in the fight of their life. And we've got to go to battle in prayer. Listen, the battle is won on our knees. We have got to be praying for this generation. And lastly, number four, encourage this generation. 
encourage them. We mentioned it a couple times already, but share your story. Share about how God radically changed your life. And there may have been moments where it was hard. It was hard to turn away from friends. It was hard to make the right decision and separate from friend groups or make moral, morally right decisions. But it's so worth it. Encourage them. Don't quit. Encourage them. Don't give up. Encourage them to read their Bible. Encourage them to pray. Be here for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Modeling prayer for our young people. Get them here. Get them in the house. Walking the, the aisles. Praying with them. Get them to revival. Get them here so they can experience the things of God for themselves encourage them to go after God we got to encourage them here at people's church we're going to we're going to write it on the doorpost that this generation is marked by God we're going to let the world know you can't have them because they're marked by God